This. This is, this is diversified, diversified, diversified game, game, game. game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, you guys are going to get some fashion game. I have Archie Clay III. Don't that sound like some old money right there? Man, old money from We Are Brims. This brother is going to tell us how he got into fashion. How is he an expert in marketing? Because he is multifaceted and talented, and he is in the state of Georgia that just flipped it. So we thank the whole state. Archie, welcome to the show. How you doing, brother? How are you? Appreciate you having me. Man, I appreciate you for, you know, coming on and, and giving the game, man. When I was looking for, because with my love locks, I have a big head, like a 26-inch, you know, thing. And I'm like, let me find hats. And I still haven't found a company that says, man, we can do that, at least for the price that I want to pay. Because somebody did say for $5,000, they could do anything I want. Did. I ain't got five. <laughs> say that again? Anything you want for that price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, that, that's the Pharrell price. Um, I, I'm looking for, you know, the kids might spill on it and when they're wearing it when I'm not home price. So um, that 5000 was out of, but I love what I saw and I wanted to connect with you. So can you tell us how you got into, you know, brims, hats and fashion? Yeah, man. I mean, I think it all started with the, the vision of wanting to be different and unique. Right. And I think um, when I graduated in 2012, coming out of school with a sales and marketing degree and not really knowing what I want to do. I had a job, but I don't think I really kind of knew what I wanted to do. But I kind of worked the nine to five job corporate lifestyle for a couple of years. And then I finally kind of realized there's really something different for me to do out there in the world. And I think society paints that picture that we have to follow that main road of what blue collar looks like you know you you graduate college you get a job and you get married like that's not the type of life I wanted to live so I think essentially it was like yo like I love hats I've been wearing hats since I was in college but how can I get into fashion and for me I'm always thinking different like I really want to be different and be unique like I said and I was like yo like what if we're able to create a coolness how you see hats because when you look at hats back in the day it was with suits it was with dresses for the ladies like if you look back to the hall renaissance you look back to the westerns it's never been like a cool thing to wear only one time it was cool to wear is when pharrell wore that hat one time and it came a trend and then it died off but in, other than that it never was a cool thing within the urban community to wear for doors but in actuality it, it is cool you know what i'm saying so it's like for us when me and my business partner, Taj, started the business in 2016, we really wanted to make it different. But at the same time, we were still new to the game. So 
that's kind of how we kind of started the journey and and and, and pushing into that to that that standpoint. Now, was it an expensive journey? Because we've heard like Kanye talk about how he spent millions just trying to get in because there's a lock hold sometimes in these industries that people don't even want to you know let you in the factories or let you in retail. And now we have the internet, so getting in and like you know learning even just the craft of it was that something that you you know how did you get that and you know take that to the next level i don't think it was expensive in the beginning i think that it was a learning curve because me and my business partner we're working in corporate i'm working on the hr operation side he's working on the it side we're both into fashion but we've never designed a hat in our life <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's just like i don't it wasn't expensive in the beginning because when we came into the game we didn't come in like trying to sell so much product we were coming in trying to learn and learn the market because I always tell people in general, like, don't come into trying to start a brand. First of all, start a company first because you don't have a brand until the people know about your brand. So let's get that, let's put that out there. But starting a company and really understanding what you're doing. And, and honestly, like, we still didn't understand what we were doing in the first couple of years, but we stayed consistent. I think that was the main thing that we did about staying consistent. And knowing that we have the vision to get to that point, whatever that time comes, we didn't have a timeline. We didn't say, yo, in five years, I want to be here. We was just like, let's just have fun and grow the business and see where it goes. And we're here now. Okay. And at first, did you guys, you know, I've seen on YouTube how the haps can be made at some companies. Did you guys start making them yourself or did you go out and find someone who's been doing it? you know, for a hundred years. Yeah. So we found a manufacturer in the beginning, uh, actually based in New York. That's how we started. Uh, we started dis- designing them, but our manufacturer hand makes the hat. So it's like, it's still coming from love and the energy that we create and align it back to the customers. Okay. Okay. Now, have you ever had the, um, I would say the, the patience or been so nosy to say, you know what, I want to go in and one day make my own hat. I want to see how you guys do it. Oh yeah, man. You play around with it. it- around with it for sure it might you might see something in the future you never know <laughs> okay is is it it looks like you know from what i've seen and i and i'm just you know youtube university that you gotta go get certain type of equipment and yeah. it doesn't look like it's the most expensive equipment but it's something that's not going to be sold at walmart so you need to find you know you you gotta go maybe somebody who's been doing this again for 30 40 50 years um it is that the case? Yeah, you got to find them linear. Like, you have to find someone that understands the craft. And let's just be mindful. Not everyone can potentially do it, but not everyone does it in an effective and in quality way. So, for us, man, we kind of did our own research. We played around it with our own. Um, but for what, for our business model, it makes sense to have a manufacturer so we can really produce it a high quality, but high, high uh, units. Okay, and, and I wouldn't, you know, expect anything less from a Tuskegee man, HBCU. My wife and I, we went to Graham, so you know, yeah, yeah. I call I call it the Harvard of the South. You know, that's gonna catch on one day, and folks will be like, yeah, yeah, the Harvard of the South. But you know that that HBCU experience. 
did that at all have a play in you wanting to become an entrepreneur? Because, you know, at HBCUs, we are seeing the greatness of our work, of, of the elders, of the what they've put together. And as much as some of us would complain about, man, they don't have my refund check when I need it, um, it I think it teaches you something. So was that experience at all, you know, part of the journey of entrepreneurship? I'm glad you brought this up, man. I'm, so I'm, I'm very passionate about HBCUs and just, of course, my school in general. Um, to answer your question, man, hell, hell yeah, because you changed my life. Because when you come from, like, I don't come from the hood, but my school was hood, right? My parents were educated, but my high school was in the hood, just to be honest. I'm from the east side of Atlanta, went to Stone Mountain High School, all black school. My band of red was for fam. Like, that energy was already positioned in me, but at the same time, I didn't understand it back when I was younger until I actually went to college, right? And when I got accepted to Tuskegee, I already knew that I wanted to go there because I had already visited there. And I was going to think my, my parents, my grandparents wanted me to go to Morehouse, uh, Tennessee State, but for some reason, I just wasn't feeling it at that time. <laughs> but to be honest with you, I mean, it changed my life because I never thought that, I never thought about entrepreneurship even in high school or the first couple of years of college. When I joined Alpha Phi Alpha Attorney Incorporated, that's when I realized that there's so much out there for us as African, African-Americans, especially Black men, and, and especially within entrepreneurship. Because like my, my line brother, my best friend, his parents run a Fortune 200 company in Atlanta. So that was my first introduction to seeing a Black family be wealthy on their own money. I was just used to seeing black families be wealthy based on working a corporate job and working a nine to five. But I was seeing, like I seen in my other line brother, one of my close friends, his parents run a Fortune 500 company. They they own a couple of restaurants and restaurants in Atlanta and also in the in Atlanta uh, Hartsfield Airport as well. So me seeing that and understanding like, yo, sh- I can do that too. I can create my own legacy for my family and be able to reach that goal. So to answer your point, hell yeah, because it ain't the same, like going to HBCU ain't the same going to PWI. I don't, you can't, no, whoever says that's the same, it ain't the same. So we're not even gonna paint it. That's just not what it is. Not saying you don't get, yeah, they will say that the education at PWI is better. You could say that, but the culture and the energy ain't. That's just what it is. And I think that when you go into HBCU, your, your understanding of life is different to me because the shit, like we don't like, hey, we don't like. I, yeah, roaches and shit. Like it ain't going crazy, but you 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 go through the rigorous. Like it's fun though. It ain't like you. It, it's bad, but it's fun. Like most people can't have that. That's just not for everybody because everybody goes up differently. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like we go into HBCU, shit ain't handed to you from where you live at to the cafeteria. You, I think the main thing is that you're grateful for what you have, right? So when you get out of college, you're grateful for what you get. You, you, and it depends on what school you went to as well. Put that up there. But you're grateful for what you have, and you're grateful for what you get. And that that hustle mentality is it, it, it's an, it's enhanced, right? It's super enhanced. So when I came out of school, yes, I was working in corporate, but I was like, shit, like I'm about to get to it. Like I'm about to have this certain goal where I want to go to. But then once I found my purpose and my passion, I was like, yeah, like this is what I want to do. And that hustle mentality from school enhanced me because I've been selling I've been selling stuff since I was like three four years old I used to be in the mosque selling cookies carrot cake 
and and oatmeal pies when everybody come out like that was I was always I've been I always been a hustler. I think it came in and out over the time period, and then once I found what I wanted to do, that's when it like ignited. Can you give your you know how you felt when you were able to leave you know the the targets the Burlingtons you know you were able to leave corporate and y'all I'm talking to someone who also I'm telling you is a branding expert and a consultant as well um just like myself so I love having these conversations but what did it feel like to say I have my own and were you able to you know go full time with the dream yet I ain't gonna lie man it was it was it was definitely nervous I was definitely nervous it was nerve-wracking um it was overwhelming emotional like oh <coughs> it was it was everything that i could i could paint like i i when i made the decision i remember i remember just like yesterday i was at work and my role consists of everything i worked in, i worked within the store so i ran i went i ran a store but as we in the store i may be doing hr maybe the hr manager but you're doing multi, multi multiple things so i was in the back with my team and I was like helping them with the boxes and put them in a, in a trash can. And I was looking as I was doing, and I thought to myself, and I literally said this shit out loud. And I said, I'm not doing this shit no more. <laughs> I'm not doing it no more. So I literally called my girlfriend and I said, yo, like, I think I'm about to quit. And she was just like, do it. And I literally that day put my notice in. And I was in, in, at that moment. I was. It was emotion. I don't know if it's more like strategy, but it, it, it was definitely emotions involved. But at that time, I knew I had something special, right? Was it at the pivotal of that point when my company wear brims? It wasn't, but I knew I had something special, and I was willing to risk it to make it happen. So at that time, like I didn't even tell my mom yet. <laughs> I was, I didn't know how she would react. So when after I did it, my mom called me like the next day and she was just calling me. Like, she was like, yo, like, Hey, how are you doing? Like how everything going to work? And I was like, yeah, it worked. everything's going good. Cause I haven't told her yet. And she was like, everything. Okay. I was like, yeah, everything, everything's good. And she was like, you quit your job. Didn't you? I was like, dang, how you know that? <laughs> she was like, I know I, I can feel it. I said, wow, that's crazy. And then she said, you know, I, I, I I love you and 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 I support you 100% and just go get it. And just know it's not going to be easy, but I know you can handle it. And for her to say those words, it was go time. So ever since then, I've been going hard. And I always do a mental check on myself to make sure I am going hard because not only am I sacrificing, I have people around me that are sacrificing, my mom, my girlfriend, like everyone is sacrificing in, in, a different, in different forms for me to reach my goal. And it's only right that I pay it forward to them and people around me to make it happen and whatever success that may look like. That's very important because I, you know, sometimes in our community and it's just, I guess, people being people that support, you know, if a kid hears that they're stupid by their mother, their auntie, they're, they can take that all the way to adulthood and really believe that. So when you get that encouragement, I, I can feel that. And if you're on the Clubhouse app, please share that story over and over because there's so many people when I'm listening, I usually just listen on Clubhouse, that I'm hearing people like they just need that boost. And I remember when my mom made she she rest in, in power when she had told me, you know, this is what you're going to do. Entrepreneurship is in your blood. 
How many of our people are entrepreneurs? And when my wife said, stop working for people and just go full blast. And I, I don't know if you know uh, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. She said she had like, it was a numerous amount of people working for her, but she was still working for somebody else. So to take that leap and say, it's all on me, it's a big jump. So, you know, applause and kudos to you. Now, as a consultant, though, you get to see a little bit of everything and, and touch. What is your, you know, do you have a niche that you like to, you know, do? And if so, you know, talk about that. Man, so like going into this year, I told myself that I was going to use my values to really turn things up. So like I said, you know, launching a consulting company this year. And I've already had like 12 clients already, like in a matter of like a month, which has been crazy. It's been beautiful, right? But what, what I've noticed for me is my main thing, of course, is branding and marketing, but my main thing is mindset. Mm. Right? Because I need people to understand, first and foremost, being an entrepreneur, that's, that it ain't easy. It's not easy. So, so we're not even going to paint that picture, right? I think society paints that picture that you can just go be an entrepreneur and just make it happen. And I think people realize being an entrepreneur doesn't mean doing paycheck to paycheck when you're an entrepreneur. That's not an entrepreneur, entrepreneur to me. Entrepreneur is going through the journey and a pur- purpose and getting to where you're trying to go to so then you come sustainable. That's what I think being an entrepreneur is. Not having multiple skills and not working for somebody, but you ain't bringing no money in. That's not my definition of entrepreneur, right? So for me, it's just like making sure that the client's mindset is in the right place because you got to understand and be able to call yourself out. Your, your own self, right? Because a lot of people want to have a business, but their business ain't a business, right? So it's like, for me, I want them to understand, look at your product. Does it make sense? Before we even get into the branding and the marketing, like, is your company sound, right? Is Are your things together? And making sure that you understand if I have a product that works or a service that works. And if your mindset is in a position to make that shit happen. Because a lot of times we can have the ideas, but our mindset not not being in the right, right, right place. Like, are you able to connect with people? Like, being an entrepreneur, it ain't a jo- about just creating a product. Like, you got to sell the product. So how are you going to sell the product? You ain't got no customers yet. So what you going to do? You got to connect. got to build a network. got to build relationships. So that you, in the beginning, you might not want to spend all that money. But the best way to sell your brand and your company is by connecting with people and have the people sell your brand for you. And your friends and family. That comes with that just comes with the territory. Your friends and family are gonna always support you. But building a network and having those people behind you to help you push that company and that idea so that you help to push the company so that it do turns into a brand. And now you got a brand. It ain't it ain't first, it ain't brand and then company, it's company and brand. Right. So for me, that's my main my main focus. And so tell people, because, you know, I, I people sometimes I tell them, they say, How do you you sell your services? I've been doing it a while. So I, I don't really have to. It's over a decade worth of, you know, hustle and drive and kind of trial and error and seeing what works. But I tell people I read a book a week, like the late, great Miles Monroe would say, read a book a week. And so how do you then as a consultant, because, you know, that name is like thrown around like philanthropist. People say, oh, I'm a consultant. I'm a philanthropist. I'm a serial entrepreneur. And I'm like, what's your ledger look like, man? What, you know, um, are, are you an accredited investor, you know, if you're doing all that? And so I don't want to hear that, but I want to hear, you know, what what you do. But can you tell the folks how do they get there? Because just to get your first client for some is the hardest part. 
And, and so how do they, you know, do that? And if, and if they have trouble with that, can they call you and say, Hey, can I work with you? So, Cause I can send you a couple people. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think it's about offering value, right? My value is what brands just be honest with you, right? My value, I have a sales and marketing degree, right? But I'm be honest with you. Most of my, my, my value has come from me running my business. We, my business will be in Nordstrom this year. You know what I'm saying? We've been in GQ magazine and in these, these, these places. So, I mean, shit speaks for itself, but at the same time, it's just like, when I do talk to my clients, it ain't about just, Oh, I did this. I did that. Like, when you have set up a call with me, it's free for the first 30 minutes. All we do is talk. We're talking. I'm telling you what I can do and what I have done. But also, we're just having dialogue. Because I think the most thing is just like, people can people can fake the funk all People fake the funk all the time. Until you get on a call and you're talking to them. And then everything just like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. So for me, just having a conversation with you, it's like, yo, like, based on what I see, this is what you can do. Because I think the main thing that most companies are not doing most small companies are not doing. First and foremost, they're not being honest with themselves, right? You create a product, it's not selling. You look at it, it looks like it shouldn't be sold. So it's like, for me, when I look at, like I go to someone's Instagram and for a perfect example, like you said, the word consultant is thrown around loosely. Luxury brands, that word luxury is thrown around very loosely, right? Everyone wants to use that word, I have a luxury brand. I have a luxury this, I have a luxury that. But when I go to your page, it don't look luxury, right? So if I have a client that says, I say, yo, I'm not going to sit here and be rude and say, yo, your page is trash. I'm going to say, be mindful of what you say and be mindful of how you position yourself from a content standpoint. Luxury is about your story and about the quality and how it looks and the lifestyle, what that reflects. That's what luxury. If we talk about luxury, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, like you talk about all these brands, Fear of God, uh, Off-White, these are brands that are considered luxury. But if you go to their Instagram, you, you talk to Fear, you talk to Jerry, his energy comes off as luxury, right? That's how I want my energy to come off. Like knowing that you have the content and the quality product to position yourself to be luxury. So when I say this, I say this to say that, is that understanding and knowing like, yo, like, Take a step back. Like, look at your product. Look at yourself. Do you reflect that? Right? Does your personal brand reflect that? That's why I go back to the mindset, because mindset is first. Like, you're not going to do anything until you change your own mindset in the way you position your own self. Because at the end of the day, if you start a product from scratch, right, you don't got no email list. You ain't got no test messages. All you got is you. And if I look at you and your brand don't reflect you, I'm not buying your shit. That's just what it is. This is what it is. Unless you just got connect plug at the ass and you send it to Kanye, he wears it and your shit blow up, then yeah, all, all by all means. But your average person in fashion, it doesn't work like that. No, definitely, definitely. Now let, let, let's go back to the, the the hats. Why do hat companies not make you know, extra big sizes for those, especially who have big hair? Because, you know, is it just more expensive or does it just not look right? I'll be honest with you, it's, it's way more expensive. It is. Mm. been trying to, and then most most of our, manu- like most manufacturers may not have, what happens is, is that hats come in blocks. Like when you block, like there's blocks, right? From different size measurements. 
they always have the normal measurement, which was extra small, small, medium, large, extra large. But some crowns and, and, and blocks don't have the bigger sizes. Like, for example, we just dropped two hats. We have one in gray and one in red. The red hat only goes up to size XL. And then a gray hat goes up to 2XL. So it honestly depends on the crown and style of the hat and also the blocking because there's so many different blockings, but not all blockings, blockings go up to that size. So it's also price, but it's also like uh, materials in a sense. Okay, so, and I'm throwing out a crazy idea. Should I go get my own block made and, you know, have my head modeled? And it, would that help at all? Or would they still, people be like, nah, man, we, we still don't do that. It's more on the manufacturer side. So for us, it's like once we, as we scale up, we will start getting blocks made bigger sizes because it's very, very expensive. Like to get one block is like $2,000, $3,000. Okay. Well, but that's kind of like, you know, custom shoes. If you get them from, you know, that place in London, I, I'm not giving no free advertising, but, <laughs> but you know, you get your shoes made and, and you always, they always keep it for you and they, they save it for you. And it costs a little bit, but that's like, it's like buying Ferragamos. They're going to last you a little longer than what, you know, Kenneth Cole is going to last you. So $2,000 block, Okay, I, I see why now. And then some of the materials. I just thought maybe it would look crazy and you have a hat out to here or something and folks are, you know, like, nah, that, that's not going to look right. I don't want my stuff looking like, you know, a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you being, you know, HBCU, that the black market, I mean, we, the, our, our population worldwide sets off fashion in a lot of ways and it's proven have you tapped in at all to any uh african influencers or african you know distribution we haven't but that's one thing that we're going to do this year is working on influencer of uh, influencer marketing programs to really help us tap into different markets so from an african standpoint like i was in south africa early last year and the culture and fashion is super dope, man. So like I connect with people, some people out there in the fashion. And, and, and for me, it was just like, man, like I think we can really utilize this in a sense to kind of help push the narrative. And like one of my main, my, 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 one of my favorite new brands is daily paper and they're based out in South Africa. And like to see a brand like that, that has, I've never heard of them until last year. And I'm sure they've been doing amazing things for the last couple of years and things of that nature. But just the movement that they're creating around, like, Africa, like, I've been African, is just a beautiful to me. And me seeing it and then wanting to support it, like, it makes me want to make sure that we're incorporating the aesthetic um, for some of our collections in the future. South Africa, Sabona, South Africa, and, I, and they do listen. Um, tell me, when what, what made you go to Africa? And I need to hear the experience because, you know, if you see my garb, if you see me daily... It's what I, this is who I am, but I, you know, I've been about three or four different African countries and six and 14, maybe others, twin others, whatever, 16 plus countries. I need to know that vibe that you got when you touch down and you, after you exchange your rands and you had rand in your hand, like what that feeling was like. Well, I would tell you when my, when my girlfriend went, we stopped at, we went to Amsterdam first for a day. We stayed there and then we came to we came to South Africa. We, we got there in the nighttime. So, but when we got to the hotel, uh, Airbnb, and I, I, I Airbnb literally, literally oversaw the whole 
the whole um, Cape Town. And I was looking at my girl and was just like, yo, we about to have amazing. Uh, like, and honestly, like, I'm, I'm be honest with you, man, that I've been a, a couple, I've been a good amount of countries by far. South Africa is one of my favorite spots because the, the, the food, oh my God, uh, the food and the culture and just the energy there, like even though we went to the club, like it's just good energy with no fights going on. Everybody's having fun, just vibing, like it's good culture. And and I know that, I know Cape Town is, is, is more Americanized than the other cultures for, in other cities for sure. But just get a little bit of that culture is like I'm definitely coming back. Like so, the next time we're going, we want to go to Johannesburg, and then we want to go to Ghana. So like, we'll we're our next couple vacations will be back in Africa for sure. Well, and, and you know what? I wanna I wanna say something, and I wanna say it because of you, if you haven't heard it, I think you have heard it because of what you said. When you go to South Africa, because that was my first African country too, because I had you know friends of friends there, and it was just easy for me to go. And I was coming from Europe, just like like you were. Um, people, especially folks who are from Africa, will try to say, oh, you went to Cape Town or you went to Joburg, you went to South Africa. You didn't really go to real Africa. And it's like, you know what? I took that first step, but you also didn't offer me a ticket either. Or, you know, you didn't. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, like, I understand. I, I know, like, we come to America, like, you. You you go to if you go to New York, that black culture is different than Atlanta black culture, right? LA culture, black culture is different than a Houston um, black culture. So there's going to be a difference in in, in, in in from an authentic standpoint. But like for example, like I think that you want to like with anything, like you want to test it out first. You don't want to just go full in and just not understand, like because we know that sometimes like things are not always what they seem, you know what I'm saying? So when you go, like, when I went, I was, man, I, I said, yo, I told my girl, my girl was like, yo, we got to come back. So we, we, we'll we be back for sure. <laughs> we'll be back. Yeah, and, and, you know, when you go to different countries, and I don't know if you went to, like, the best thing to me of Amsterdam, and I went as a single man. I went to a lot of these countries as I was single many moons ago. But the best thing about Amsterdam to me was the Anne Frank house. And sometimes that's not open when people go, but you know, everything else they show you is so touristy, but I could really feel the vibe of people really had to live like we're living in our homes right now, but they really couldn't leave their home for real, for real. So all this I'm cooped up in the house and da 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 man, try having some soldiers come in trying to, you know, knock you off that, that vibe. I could really feel it. But I, I love that you did that because that's going to just help the art and, and the creation and, and, and the exploration. Um, my wife is from Cameroon, so our investment in Cameroon is, has been easier. But if you go to West Africa, you'll see the change. But because you got that taste of South Africa, you'll be ready for some things. And, yeah. you know, it's going to be a little bit of a difference. But you'll look at it from an entrepreneur site and say, hold on, hold on. It's about yeah, yeah, and you'll win. You'll you'll kill it because with the game that we have, because we have internet everywhere we go, where we whether we're in the bathroom at at Starbucks when they let us in, or if you know you're in the bathroom at home, we keep that internet. So I, I can see the growth, and I would definitely you know after this give some more game on some things. We actually took thirty people to Kenya on 2019. 
um, and I could connect you and, and kind of got something for you that's behind the scenes. I ain't going to say it all because, you know, folks will be looking at you like, hey, I'm ready, bother you, right? But with all the success that you've had and that you're going to have, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you plan on doing? Man, so we, we last year, like, man, so beginning of the year when COVID hit, we we had to adapt very, very quickly because we didn't have a manufacturer, we didn't have product and things of that nature. So one of our initial givebacks was we created a segment on where, on IG Live called Brim um, uh, Up. Basically it was a segment to motivate and inspire individuals and just highlight really dope individuals in all different industries. That was our first giveback on last year. Then we did a, a, um, a COVID drive where we gave uh, dinners and um breakfast and things of that nature to like all the hospitals in Atlanta. That was our second give back last year. The last give back we did uh, was around um, holiday where we did a, a fundraiser for um, the homeless. Cause I'm not sure if you, if you know, like the homeless homeless population in Atlanta is very, very high and it's no one's really doing anything to help them out. So we just like, we thought about, you know, doing a, a clothing drive to get jackets, gloves, um, scarves, things of that nature, which we, we were able to, we're able to give out at least probably like 20 bags, 20, 25 bags of clothing, like big bags of clothing. Um, this year, um, my main thing for myself individually is to do more mentorship. So I started doing mentorship every Monday. I do a mentorship with these boys, uh, young boys out in Tennessee, uh, Jackson, Jackson, Tennessee via virtually. Um, and then of course, uh, mental health, our brand is based on mental health. Like my, my father had a mental breakdown when I was like two, and we really want we really want to use our platform to really bridge the gap, especially from African American from African Americans to understand that our mental is everything, right? When we talk about mindset, that's why I'm really passionate about mindset because it takes us a while to change that mindset, even from educated from educated people that come to college. Like we we still have to change our mindset and understand what their possession position may be. Um, but this year, man, we are all about mental health breast cancer are those two core things are about our company like my grandmother passed away from cancer my dad mental breakdown it's all aligned back into the company we talk about family faith and confidence um so yeah this year man we we going crazy like we don't have any exact goals like but we plan to be positioned in every form from a give back standpoint no that that's that's awesome and have you had any plans on um a book or a documentary kind of you know behind the scenes because i mean what you're doing is you know fly so people definitely watch like let me see (laughs) let me see what's the behind the scenes and we got, um, I, but creativity wise, we got so much going on where it's just like we, we trying to get to get through this Nordstrom's first. Get go ahead and lock that in. I think that's the the stressful part of this month is balancing Nordstrom's, getting that done, and preparation for other product that we're dropping and collaboration that we're doing this year. Um, but we got some stuff coming. After. Okay, and that Nordstrom deal, I mean, that's a huge deal. Were you at? Do you at all worry because we've, you know, heard the Damon Johns and Puffy talk about how much it costs them and how they're not really making money when they're in these retail stores. But at the same time, the visibility, you know, could be, you know, almost everything. So do you kind of worry about that? And have you learned from how they made their deals where you can put like a little remix on it with Nordstrom? Yeah, man. So I'm glad you asked that question. And I think that for us, we came at a great time. Um, special shout out to Nordstrom. Most definitely, like they've been working with us for the last six months. 
trying to make sure that we got the best deal. Um, and I think that we came in at the right time. Like timing is everything. Like our deal is pretty, pretty, pretty good. Like it's pretty, it's pretty good. And I think that our deal is positioned to grow, right? I guarantee you when we drop in February, we'll be dropping in other stores in the summer. And then from there, we'll go from there and do and go from there, right? So for me, I look at it as a partnership and I also look at it as another form of marketing. That's how I look at it, right? Where it builds credibility because we know how society works and America works where when you're positioned with the right people in the right relationships and the right um, partnerships, then people you know, take you a little bit more seriously. So every level of partnership and collaboration and, and credibility that you get, it just increases your your value or we say your stock price and it increases it up. And then once you get to that point, like when we drop in Nordstrom, then we drop into this, we're dropping another platform right after that in March. And then we're doing something right after that. So it's just like the chain effect start strong. Like January is our like preparation month, like just preparation, uh, creating, like making everything the back end is good to go. Making sure our team is, is on board as far as like how we moving this year making sure me and my business partner, we are sound as far as how we're moving this year as well. So like just taking it day by day, like really taking it day by day. Like once we get to February, it's like, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy from that standpoint going. No, I, I love to hear that. And you know, the best is yet to come. So I guys, I want you to go check out the links in the description. Cause until I cut this hair, they make new sizes. I'm stuck with, you know, my, my Che Guevara, Bobby wine, you know, red, uh, French. Some people say, man, you got your, you know, beret on, whatever you want to call it. But you guys can definitely, if you don't have a big head, check it out. And, you know, if they want to connect with you, let them know the best platform, especially if they want to get in line for that book that he, if he hasn't written it yet, he's going to start jotting that book down. Got to put the book down. How to come from the East to be a superstar. You know what I'm saying? It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in Instagram, um, probably the best way to connect. Yeah, so you can uh, reach at, reach out. Uh, you can um, reach me at Archie Clay the third on Instagram. Um, my bio is in there. If you want to set up a consultation, uh, it's in my link. If you book me right under the under there, um, you can email me at archie at wearbrims.com. Uh, you can check us out at wearbrims. Uh, my line is open. Uh, so I'm here. I'm here to help. Awesome. Well, you guys have got the game. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, and make sure you tell a young person, especially when they're in the fashion, share this story so they can be encouraged. That's what this is about. And young is just, you know, it's subjective. So they can be 14 or 44. You guys been blessed. We're going to take this offline. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.